0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Off the Rails Show on the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, and uh, site manager. Uh some other titles? Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at onefootdown.com on SB Nation. And uh and just continuing with our series this uh this summer of these uh, kind of little short uh, webisodes, podcasts, uh rants, ramblings, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, so we're just, we're going to take a few minutes tonight and Brian Kelly had, had, uh, was at a golf outing, uh, for the Kelly cares foundation. I believe that's what it was for, but, um, doesn't really matter. What matters is that, uh, he spoke with the media and, and we've been, you know, randomly posting a few things here and there about, uh, some of the answers from the questions that he took. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, that he was asked about was, was, uh, Sean Crawford. The often injured cornerback, extremely extremely talented cornerback, and uh, he was asked, you know, is there certainty that Sean Crawford uh, will be able to go? And he he basically stated that you know he's certain that he'll he'll be a go for fall camp. Um, There was some talk about maybe Sean using his fifth year transfer um, option and and going somewhere else and, and being a full-time starter somewhere else. Uh, but I I think everyone's pretty, pretty sure uh, that, that Sean will be back for Notre Dame this fall. And, uh, basically he will be the starter at the nickel. Look, Look, the nickel position is, in my opinion, is just as important as any other spot out there on defense. Um, you know when Sean went down, and uh, you know at the end of fall camp last year, yeah, you know, I was extremely worried about what Notre Dame was going to be able to put out on the field at that position for you know the remainder of the season, and for the most part, my fears were, you know, were correct, uh, but Notre Dame still managed to go twelve and zero throughout the season, so they didn't quite. Um, you know, the fear didn't quite match up with the results. Uh, that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of issues there at nickel. Cause there was, there was quite a bit of it. You know, there was a huge issue at nickel and really since Sean, you know, Sean Crawford came to Notre Dame as a freshman in 2015. And since he stepped on campus, he was the number one nickel back. You know, I, mean he has been the main guy that they wanted at that position. And, Because of, you know, two ACLs and an Achilles, you know, he's had a a shortened career. He hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, When he has, though, he's been one of Notre Dame's, you know, best playmakers on defense. Uh, There's a highlight video of him on, we just did, you know, the player profile of him the other day. And there's a highlight video of him and just some of those plays. I I mean, like that that two-point conversion, uh, you know, block kick, the two-point return he had. You know that tied the ball game. That's a huge play. I mean, I mean the Michigan State, you know, punching the ball out of LJ Scott right before he goes, crosses the goal line, and then jumping on the ball in the end zone. Uh, he had a you know a tearaway interception against Boston College. I mean, the the guy just made plays. And in 2017, we saw what we had all hoped, and he was still you know maybe a half step you know slow or slowed down from you know his injuries. But for the first half of that season, he, he was basically Notre Dame's biggest playmaker on defense. He was the guy out there making things happen. And, and that's what you want, you know, at nickel. And I think, uh, you know, what we've seen is a mad scramble to try to find someone to take that position. This isn't like, wasn't it like a year with Bob Diaco where we didn't have a nickel, like basically at all? <laughs> like, like our base defense got trotted out there, you know. I don't know. I I, I know it wasn't every play, but there was some. T- there were definite plays that there should have been a nickel package out there, and there just wasn't, and and it never made any sense to me. But um, you know. But some of the answers were bodies and this and that. Look, it, it is a crucial part, especially in this day and age, in this defense. And I think if you talk to Clark Clark Lee. And or if you've listened to Clark, Lee talk about uh, modern, no, not just modern offenses, but like offenses today in college football, and it t- he'll talk a lot about space and about making plays in space and speed and all and all that stuff. And that's that has uh, that is a result of so many you know for, uh, versions of the spread offense being used throughout all of college football that you need guy you that fifth defensive back is just as important as, you know, as that third linebacker or, you know, or any player out there uh, it is crucial to the, to the health of, of your, of your defense and, and the quality that you, quality of defense that you play against your opponents. So, you know, <laughs> Sean Crawford just hasn't had the enough time to really make that shine. I, I, I truly believe like a lot of fans don't quite understand what he brings to the table for Notre Dame, you know, as a healthy player at the, at the position. And, you know, I, I remember getting into kind of an argument with, with the reader, you know, last year and it just, they, I mean, the reader ended up being right. We won, we went 12 and zero, but, I just, it just baffled me how you could throw, you know, nonchalantly fans would throw around the fact of, you know, your your best nickel uh, being injured. I mean, he wasn't, you know, saying, oh, no big deal, Sean Crawford. He was just saying, you know, we can plug somebody in at the nickel. It's okay. But no, Notre Dame's, tr- Notre Dame's done that. And we've been doing it with, like, freshmen. It seems like all of, like there's always, like, the freshman plug-in, right? Like, Houston Griffith was last year. We've got Elijah Shoemate. Uh, you know, have to do it. Uh, it's just you know you throw the guys in, and so I guess this year you you you're hoping and and praying that Sean Crawford's able to g- give you a full year, and if he can, you know it, it brings a lot to the table. now look, Notre Dame's defensive backfield, we're really only missing one player, right, Julian Love, but that one player. <laughs> Is a pretty damn good player, right? So, you know the to make up for him, everybody has to get a little bit better, and we've already seen huge strides. And, and we were, I wrote about this earlier this week. You know, and Jalen Elliott, who's who I th- I think is is in line for a, for a C on his chest, and, and I eventually think I think that he'll will he will have a um will be a captain on the team, and then next to him, you know, Loe Gilman, who we had all been waiting on. And he delivered completely. So, you know, you're safe, which is, it's such a weird thing to think of Notre Dame safeties being set. It's been felt like such a long time to have, you know, a pair of safeties back there uh, that you could trust, not just trust, but, you know, to make plays for you. I mean, both those guys made plays. You know, Elliot had four interceptions, uh, Gilman had two, but it was beyond that. It was the tackles, it was, you know, the fumble. It, they, they made plays back there for Notre Dame. But you know, the weak link throughout the entire season in that defensive backfield, you know, was that nickel. And whether it, you know, Houston Griffith or, or Nick Coleman, you know, it just it wasn't the same as having a healthy Sean Crawford. Now, you know, Griffith was just, just a freshman, you know, and that's a tough that is a tough position to play. And it's a tough spot it it's it's it seems strange to me that that the freshman that a freshman gets thrown into that. Maybe it has to do with um, why that's been so prevalent is that it, maybe it's easier to take a guy who's you know not you ha- hasn't been ingrained into the corner position uh, in, col- in college at the college level just yet maybe it's easier to teach him the nickel um, right away as uh, you know as a freshman, I don't know uh, but but or you know maybe it's just uh, you know just by chance that your best DB left, uh, you know, your best 50 B left, you know, just so happens to be a freshman, which, you know, makes it does make some sense. So, you know, so we're you set back there at safety, you know, so now you got you, you have to make up for Julian Love, right? And I think a lot of people, you know, early on before spring ball believed that Troy Pry would move over to the boundary and that Tariq Bracey would would take over then at the field, Um so pride would move would move over to where Julian Love was at and Bracey, uh, who played a lot as a freshman himself uh, would take over the field and <clears throat> you know and you know it made sense in theory um but as we saw in spring practice it wasn't exactly what happened um you know Troy Pride is a field corner he, he that's where he will excel at and not only that, but Notre Dame played a lot more just straight up left, right corner than than boundary field. Uh, we saw that in in the blue goal game. Now, whether that not that's what they're going to do for the season moving forward remains to be seen. But uh, it is definitely what um, what we saw, you know, in the spring game. I I, I don't know, I can't remember the snap count uh, exactly, but it, it was something that we we had discussed quite a bit uh, after the blue goal game. And it, it didn't seem like it made much of a difference where they're at on the field. Um, it, they didn't really switch around as, as field boundary. It was more left, right. So, you know, and with spring ball, you know, Houston Griffith kind of emerged over there at the boundary or, or what, or, you know, right corner, whatever you want to call it um, at, at the time. So, so you're sticking there with pride and Griffith. Now Griffith did not have, you know, a very good spring and, you know, that, that's a huge question mark. That, that That's a, we, we saw that against Clemson, uh, you know, when trying to replace Julian Love, it, it wasn't an easy, easy task. So, you know, we still have some options moving forward. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of, it's a lot of injuries. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of guys that have been hurt. A lot of guys having some surgeries. Dante Vaughn. Who I believe, you know, he didn't have... I don't think he had as bad of a cotton bowl as what he, it's made out. Um, First of all, you know, Clemson's wide receivers are just... They, uh, they're elite. And you have an elite quarterback throwing to them. It, that's a tough task against elite corners even. Um, You know, and Dante Vaughn was right there. I, I mean, I've mentioned this uh, feels like a hundred times since, uh, since that bowl game. But, you know, Dante Vaughn was right there. It wasn't like he was getting you know, blown out of the water by these guys, you know, like Preston Jackson days or whatnot, you know, where, where there's five, 10 yards of uh, separation, you know, that he gets from. Dante Vaughn was hip to hip, but with a with a labrum, that's, you know, that's a kind of a shoulder thing, getting your arm up to make a play. Hell, he even made a play on a ball, tipped it, and it just, and it went to the, <laughs> went right to the receiver. So, you know, I don't think Vaughn played as bad as what, um, what people were making it out to be, even though it seemed huge at the time that love was out. That was a you know, the big, you know, three score strike from from Clemson to to really put the game away there at the end of the second quarter. So, you know, that's what we're sitting at really. I mean, you know, pride on one side with Bracey backing him up and Griffith. And, you know, I still believe, I, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I I really do believe Dante Vamble, as long as he's healthy, hits the fall camp, I think he's going to emerge as that, as as a guy who's going to battle Griffith for that other spot. Um, uh, Timotope, kind I, I gotta hope I pronounced that right. Timotope Agora was you know he's a walk on, but he had a hell of a spring, and he had a he had a good blue goal game. I mean, he's a guy that raised a lot of eyebrows and and played well. He he had a uh, made some plays and was around the ball and it, it was a, it was quite impressive to be honest with you uh, but you know can can he uh, continue that uh, trajectory with with uh, going against Griffith who by all accounts is one of the hardest working guys on the team um so I, you know I think you know a guy like him takes that spring that wasn't so great uses that as you know as fuel for the fire to get better and, you know and has a good fall camp. You know, plus Dante Vaughn, you know, and Notre Dame. So let's get to this part about the nickel. So Avery Davis was basically your starting nickel. A guy who was a quarterback turned running back, turned, you know, defensive back was basically your starting nickel. And I I just don't see it. I don't see it. I, you know, it, it, you could scratch, it was a head scratcher in a way um to start the spring but you know you figure all right you're just trying to find a spot for him but it wasn't just that it, the spot was just like it was there to take so he got a ton of reps and you know regardless you know if Crawford's healthy uh, that's Crawford's spot so what Crawford brings to the table is a ton of playmaking ability um uh, you know a veteran guy I think the guy is going to be like 23 uh, come the start of the season, or, or was it 22, I think, start, start of the season, whatever it is. Uh, you know, the old man out there, and in a way, it'll, I think it'll kind of remind you of like a Matthias Farley, um, you know, at nickel, you know, crafty. Uh, and, you know, Crawford's going to have to be crafty a little bit because, you know, I don't care how well his comeback is going and there's a video going out, of you know, with him doing a bunch of stuff and and that's great and that's, you know, great to see. But there's no way that he still has the same burst and step he had as, you know, pre-injuries. You know, that stuff, those are major injuries. You know, they've all been season enders. These aren't things that that put him out for a couple weeks, you know, like a sprained ankle. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, These were major things that that were going on. So he's going to be a little bit slow. You know, he's going to be a little bit slower. That's not to say that, you know, he's going to be moving like a turtle out there. But that same burst is just not going to be there. But because he knows the position, because he has been the best nickel back that Notre Dame has had on that team since 2015, provides you a much better umbrella back there in coverage, and not, you know not just in coverage, but you know against the run, against you know all sorts of things underneath, you know, Crawford was a guy that, you know, would undercut those routes, uh, you know, quite well. And, you know, either the quarterback was forced to throw somewhere else or, you know, throw it right into coverage and, you know, get an incompletion. He did a really good job doing all that. So that's what he brings. You lose Julian Love, but gaining a Sean Crawford at nickel helps with, you know, you try and replace a Julian Love. Because it gives you another guy underneath. I mean, one of Julian Love's, one of the best things Julian Love did in coverage was what he did on the short to intermediate routes. That's when Julian Love was really at his best, uh, you know, defending passes. And, you know, I mean, that's what a boundary corner is around. So if your boundary corner is going to be a guy like Houston Griffith, having a guy like Sean Crawford as the nickel, you know, around that space you know, I'm not saying, you know, like they're within 15 yards of each other. That's not what I'm saying at all. But within that, within that, that, that level of the, you know, of the field helps out tremendously because look, the options after Crawford, there isn't a, it's a, it's a huge mix. It's a, it's a wide, wide uh, array of, of different names you could throw around. I mean, I guess even, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know can a, get a freshman kid like KJ Wallace come in. Cause I mean, that's what, we've seen it so much, you know, maybe even Kyle Hamilton, uh, does, does he get a little bit of a look at nickel? You know, even though he is a, a longer, uh, you know, he's a lanky safety, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but what we saw in the spring, you know, was, was, you know, Avery Davis and a lot of it, uh, at nickel, and I just don't believe that's what Notre Dame is going to need moving forward. This is going to be a little bit tougher year. Now, granted, Notre, I think Notre Dame's offense is going to be quite efficient, and they're going to score you a lot of points. But you know, you're going to have to stop. You know, the, you're going to have to stop somebody here and there. You know, but uh, their defensive backfield is strong. But replacing Julian Love is just a a, a huge ask having a guy like Sean Crawford is going to help them out in ways that, that I, I don't think we can even understand right now. We have seen so little of Sean Crawford that I, I, I still don't think that a lot of people understand how good he is when he's healthy out there on the field and what, and what he brings. So, you know, pray, uh, find a candle, find a priest, find, uh, you know, a witch doctor. Whatever you can do uh, to kind of help ensure that Sean, you know, stays healthy and stays strong. Like, you know, look, even in 2017, he had a full season and he admitted it in an interview. His body had worn down, you know, it, it just he hasn't been he hadn't been used to, you know, the the grind of a full college football season because he had been sending out so much because of injuries so the 2017 season, there was a grind on him, as it went on. So you're, you you got to hope too that, you know, is there a guy that can give him a breather? You know, is there a game where he can, you know, basically take off uh, to, to kind of keep that 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 body fresh and keep those legs, you know, from from dying out on him at the end of October going into November. Uh, but I think if you can do all that, I think the loss of love will be greatly, uh, you know, lessened, <laughs> greatly lessened, uh, nice use of phrase there, Josh. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think that that's what we're going to need. You know, Notre Dame is going to have a really, you know, strain. just, just a, not an ideal situation at linebacker, uh, you know, having to replace you know, Tavon Coney or Coney and uh, Drew Tranquil, but you know, at the same time, you're you're really replacing three linebackers because Asmar Bilal is moving away from the rover. So, you're at least going to have three bodies at three sp- spots that that they didn't they weren't starters at last year. Even if Asmar is out there on the field, which <clears throat> right now I'm I'm not entirely certain that that uh, that he'll eventually remain a starter. I think of the mic now is where they have him at. So. And that's all remaining to be seen. But the more you can get playmakers out there on the field, and, you know, to be out there, I, I think the better. I mean, that just goes without saying, right? Sean Crawford's one of those guys. And, you know, we'll just have to have to wait and see how fall camp goes. Ugh. So I, I hope that made made some sense. I I just kind of uh, I thought about this and thought, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump on the mic here real quick. And just kind of explain, uh, I guess, my feelings, my thoughts real quick about Sean Crawford. And, you know, Notre Dame is sitting in a good position defensively. You know, the linebacker situation is rough, but the defensive backfield is solid. I mean, I I can't stress enough how, how uh, you know, good Gilman and Elliott are back there. And, you can you get a guy like Kyle Hamilton or KJ Wallace to step up as freshmen and give you some, give you some minutes, you know, where's Tariq Bracey at in, in this mix? You know, can, can he give you, um, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you know, minutes here and there? Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, can Houston Griffith climb back from, from what was, you know, like I said, a bad spring. Um, and, you know, and I think he has the ability to do it and he's, he, he's definitely been a guy that's been reported on as being one of the hardest workers on the team. So, you know, I'm all, I'm fired up, you know, to to see what these guys can do. But to me, the entire key to the defensive backfield is Sean Crawford. If you can get that nickel to play to the level that you haven't had, you know, you had it in 2017 for the first half of the season, really. If you can get that back, I think that opens up You know, a lot of your defensive playbook. uh, You know, there's there's a whole lot of different blitz packages you can do, different coverages that you can toss around because you have someone like him back there, and I think that's going to be important heading down to Athens, and I think it's going to be important heading up to Ann Arbor. You know, a steady body back there out on the road uh, never hurt anybody. So, and with that, I think we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna end. And the show <laughs> uh, like I said the, some of these things in the are going to be a little short this summer just hey I got a thought let's let's share it real quick that's alright you know it was 25 minutes long and you know maybe you needed to do some weed whacking and I, I you know I'm glad you brought me along for the weed whacking so you know check out the site every day we're, we're still putting stuff up and you know we got some stuff planned and look, it's the summertime. So, you know, we will definitely come back with a uh, full OFT podcast. I think next week um, we'll be able to get, uh, get Brad and Jude wrinkled around and, and have a good show for you guys. So thanks for stopping by and uh, go Irish.